Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first Integrated Interventions podcast. I'm your host, Tyler C., and on today's podcast, we'll be sitting down with Program Director Chris Garrett and Program Health and Wellness Coordinator and Mentor Shay Marquette to speak about health and wellness and what that looks like with our students. Let's get into the show. So let's start out with who we are as a company. One of the biggest things that we um, are doing is getting us, getting our, not just name, but kind of our mission statement out there. We have the newsletter that just went out um, earlier this month. Um, we have all of our stuff on social media. But to start off the podcast, Chris, can you let us know who who we are as a company? What's the vision for 2019? I almost said 2018. Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> for 2019. Sure. Yeah. So I guess the vision for integrated interventions is really growth and expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, we started off, I don't know, when I came aboard mid-year last year, we had a handful of uh, mentors and just a few students. And, and we've been able to pretty much double that, you mm-hmm. know, just in the last few months. And th- the goal really is to provide transition services to young adults that struggle with uh, your typical transitional treatment programs. Um, a lot of our students come from wilderness programs, they come from other residential treatment, and we give them a, a, a new way to look at transitioning into life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so direct, providing that direct one-on-one care through mentors. Now, just kind of looking into your background a little bit, can you speak to that? Like, what what got you into this field? Yeah, sure. So, so really what got me into this field was screwing up my knee playing basketball. Um, I went back to college, wanted an easy degree, found social work. Um, while doing that, though, I kind of fell in love with the counseling aspect of, of social work. And I started working for a residential treatment center here in the community. And during that time, I worked my way through school, worked my way up in that, that residential treatment center um, to become a director of one of their programs and then ultimately a therapist with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a lot of uh, milieu-based therapy mm-hmm. while I was there. Um, it wasn't... It wasn't something that I was a huge fan of for a lot of the students. It was great for a few. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what really, um, I don't know, seemed to work better is when the students would get past that milieu, get out on their own, and start start thriving on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, coming full circle, now that we're in this situation where we can provide that kind of care to students, I really feel like we're seeing uh, more progress a lot quicker mm-hmm. than what we saw in the residential community. Yeah. Nice. So speaking to when a student, because uh, it's a lot different when a student comes into um, like the residential treatment side of things, like the traditional form, um, that entrance a lot of times goes into like this layered process where they'll start in more of an isolated uh, location and then as, as time goes on, they'll get uh, more and more integrated into the community. Uh, but for, for us, can you speak to what that looks like starting out when a student like first gets here? Uh, what does that look like? Sure. So when they first get here, the, the first thing that we have them do is set up their own apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't currently don't have students living with other students. Mm-hmm. Um, that that may change a little bit in the future uh, for some students, but mm-hmm. the majority of our students that are coming from from places where the milieu wasn't a good fit, mm-hmm. we have them come in. They start setting up their own apartment. Uh, they start looking at getting some some work hours under their belt mm-hmm. through through our own farm mm-hmm. so they can start learning some um, some discipline some work ethic through mm-hmm. the program and then we also you know have them meet with our education liaison and our uh, fitness coach to, to talk about health and nutrition it's really individualized everybody's gonna look a little different coming in mm-hmm. um, 
just based on where they're coming from, what diagnosis they might have, mm-hmm. um, and the success they've had in, in previous programs. Yeah, so one of our big emphasis this week, or I would say this month in the, in the program with our marketing and with our reaching out to people is going to be the aspect of health and fitness, which we're going to bring Shay on here in just a second to talk about that. But before we do, can you speak just a bit to the work ethic side of things? Because mm-hmm. that's another really big piece. I would say those are probably like the two biggest piece the health and wellness and then the work ethic can you speak a bit to that um like the the um, kids or students coming in at different i say kids in my mind that's like these are kids no these are young adults um can you speak like to the variety of students that we see and what that looks like in regards to their ability to build up that work ethic sure yeah we have some students that come into the program who've never worked a day in their life Mm -hmm. um especially at a paying job actual job um and, and then we've got students on the other end of the spectrum who've worked too much mm-hmm. <laughs> and have overworked themselves and, and are burned out on work. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they come into the program, we really got to assess where they're at. Some students can start looking for work right away in the community mm-hmm. um, because ultimately that's that's the goal is to build work ethic to the point where they can get a job in the community and sustain themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but some students just don't have that. So we get them started on the farm see how they're doing in terms of can you can you pull off 20 hours this week mm. of hard work mm-hmm. uh, of decent work and we pay them for that mm-hmm. um, and then when they can demonstrate that they're able to do that at least part-time then we start having them look for a job in the community so they can integrate we really don't want people dependent on us we don't want our students to depend on us by the time they're done with whatever amount of time they're here mm-hmm. we want them to be dependent on themselves. Yeah. I think one of the cool things that I've seen since I've worked here as a mentor um, has been like, if a student needs a television, that's on them. If a student needs, you know, like mm-hmm. they're, they're having to work for the things that they buy, work for the things um, that they, that they, you know, even want. Uh, that's a, that's another cool piece. Can you speak to that a little bit? Like what that mm-hmm. looks like a kid comes in and they, they set up an apartment, but mm-hmm. what does it look like to actually like have stuff in that, in that apartment? Sure. Yeah, so some some of our students come in and, and we'll provide a few things that, that the program already has mm-hmm. if they need it. But for the most part, yeah, decorating their apartment, all these things are things that we're leaving up to them. Yeah. We want it to be their home. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not a program that's trying to um, sugarcoat everything, make everything look pristine and beautiful to, mm-hmm. to market to families and things like that. We're a program that's trying to teach kids living skills. Yeah. And if they have their own place and decorate it themselves, that, that's more normal. Mm-hmm. That, that's what you're sending your college kids off doing they're decorating their dorm right so why would we why would we put our students in a place that's you know totally beautiful with expensive furniture and things Mm -hmm. like that that just doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. it's it's not normal life so so we're trying to recreate that normal life yeah one of the and i think one of the really awesome things to see about this program is we go through those rough times where students mm-hmm. lash out aggressively and somebody might put a fist through a television. Mm-hmm. Somebody yeah. might throw something against the wall and to see our students have to um, work that out and work. If they, now, okay, now you, because you threw your TV down, you don't have a TV anymore. Yeah. And if you want another one, you have to pay for that television. Uh, that's a really cool process. Can you speak a little bit about um, Terry, our, our our uh, fearless leader and his sure. kind of uh, mindset around that type of stuff? 
Yeah, absolutely. Terry, Terry comes from a long background of, of residential treatment and program settings, those sort of things. I think 30 plus years. Mm-hmm. He's old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but that's but that's all right. He has a ton of experience. And, uh, you know, this this whole program kind of came was born out of his mind. And mm-hmm. um, in terms of he 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 tried helping students at other programs and, and built stabilization programs with a lot of one on one care and found that to be very, very helpful mm-hmm. um, prior to sending them back to a milieu. So we're just skipping the whole milieu piece mm-hmm. for the most part mm-hmm. and and moving ahead with um, just that individual care. Ter- Terry is, is, is pretty old school when yeah. it comes to, you know, behavior modification and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, we really are not a punishment-based program. Mm-hmm. What, what we look for are the natural consequences to behavior, um, but we're also looking to make a negative behavior more uncomfortable mm-hmm. than a positive one. So if we have a student that and like you said, is breaking a TV, which we've had, mm-hmm. then they don't have a TV. Like it's just gone until they can afford to buy one on their own. So now they actually have incentive, uh, especially if that's important to them. To learn more about Integrated Interventions, feel free to visit us on our website at integratedinterventionsllc.com. You can also give us a call during the day at 208 or reach us via email at integratedterry, that's T-E-R-R-Y, at gmail.com. Let's get back into the show. Come on in. So ladies and gentlemen, we have a very awesome treat for you all. Very (laughs) first podcast. We've been trying to get this gentleman on a podcast for quite some time, and he's in the background taking pictures, but here's the truth. I think he's videoing. Oh, and he's vi- oh no, he's taking pictures. Ah. Here's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. You might have the chance to listen to the fearless leader just say hello. Terry, can you say a word to the people? Word. <laughs> if you heard that, that's what you're going to get today. <laughs> that's what you're going to get today. So before we went on break, we talked a lot about, well, we talked about Terry. We talked about uh, who we are as a program. We talked about the vision of the program. Uh, but one, another thing that we wanted to mention today uh, was the health and, and wellness side of things. And for that, we have Shay with us, who's a mentor. Hello. Shay, break down all of what you do because, <laughs> you, you, you know, there's a lot there that I could say, but I don't want to get it wrong. So yeah. Yeah. So um, through Integrated Interventions, I work with students to help with their nutrition, their mm-hmm. training protocols, kind of get their overall health in order. Um, that's not something that many of the students um, are used to coming into the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I help teach them, you know, healthy things to eat, mm-hmm. um, have healthy habits. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with students and staff on developing their training protocols so they can go to the gym and feel comfortable, know mm-hmm. what they're doing, kind of, you know, get them prepared so that when they leave the program, they can continue on those healthy habits. Yeah. Yeah. So can you speak to a little bit of your background in that? Like yeah. where did you start out, um, in your own personal journey in regards to health and wellness? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Oddly enough, um, what got me into the fitness industry is um, a few years ago, it's been probably 10 now, um, I suffered from really severe depression and generalized anxiety and panic disorder. Mm. Um, And the only thing that helped me through about two years of going through treatment um, and counseling was I went to the gym just as a sort of last resort Mm -hmm. and lifted some heavy weights. And I thought, oh, my God this is where it's at. And, and then I, you know, I learned about nutrition and meditation and, um, overall exercise and 
got certified as a NASM personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was, I attribute nutrition and, and exercise to saving my life because it's mm-hmm. the only thing that worked for me. Yeah. So I'm really passionate about combining that fitness with mental health because mm-hmm. um, I think I think it helps yeah. a lot. So how do you, as a mentor, how do you explain that? How do you use that to kind of almost even like build rapport with some of the students? Because yeah. we see a different, I mean, like, like we said before, we have a different variety of students, like a full spectrum of students who come mm-hmm. in to our program. How does that work for you as a trainer and yeah. as a nutritionist or a, a wellness person, yeah, yeah. but also as a mentor? Uh, I think it's important to be relatable. I think that's one of our jobs is developing relationships with students. Mm-hmm. And um, I like to share my story with depression and anxiety and struggling with mental health because it brings me down to a more relatable level. I, you know, I wasn't always happy, bubbly, knew everything about fitness and wellness. And and I think that's important for them to know where I started Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of them are starting in a similar spot. Mm -hmm. Um, So helping them, you know, breaking it down on that really simple level as far as mental health goes and then walking them through kind of my process on how I healed myself. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's helping build rapport, relationship building, and then getting them to be on that level with me about understanding health and fitness from a very basic level and then and then complicating it as they kind of move along the program. Yeah, well, let's speak to that a little bit. When a student first comes in, I think right now in our in society, the idea that food is medicine mm-hmm. and that um, you know, the whole like um, John Rady spark idea where you can get your um, uh, heart rate up that's going to affect your brain when a student comes into the program can you break down kind of what we do to kind of see where they are and then build from there yeah so when a student first enters the program what they'll do is go get a full blood panel and hormonal testing Mm -hmm. um, as well as an in-body scan where they measure uh, their body composition as far as water retention lean lean body mass and fat mass so Mm -hmm. we kind of get an idea of where their starting point is um, with the blood work and hormonal testing, we find out what they're deficient in, mm-hmm. um, things that we can add to their diets. Uh, of course, exercise is always going to be mandatory because mm-hmm. it helps with the myriad of things. But um, once we get their, their blood work back, um, then we make a meal plan custom to them that will, you know, say, say somebody's deficient in uh, vitamin Bs, all of their vitamin or, or one or, or two, um, then we'll we'll adjust their diet plan and supplementation to accommodate that mm-hmm. and kind of help bring those B levels up. Mm-hmm. Um, along with their, their meal plans, they'll get an exercise routine too that all the staff has access to um, that they follow Monday through Friday mm-hmm. and that, you know, they can take them to the gym and, and walk them through a workout um, and teach them what they need to know so that if they, you know, when they leave the program, they can do those things on their own as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the coolest things to see is having a student who they start out in the program and uh, you take them shopping for the first time and you see mm-hmm. just mentally like what they're going to put on their their grocery list, what they're thinking as far as like building a meal and then what that looks like as time goes on. Um, one of our students who I won't say their name, but it's interesting to see him go from like frozen chicken patties mm-hmm. to a bunch of salads, like just sitting with him one evening uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he comes out of his kitchen with a big plate of salad. I'm like, who are you? Yeah. you know, it's the same kid who was like yeah. running away two months ago and was working at at the at the farm. Now he's working his own job and eating salad. And I'm just like, no, this is literally like what we are here for. Mm-hmm. It's so cool to see. Last <laughs> week in our weekly 
team meeting, you kind of gave us a full rundown of health and wellness, and you spoke about the links between yeah. um, the gut and the brain. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, um, and I think Chris can mm-hmm. probably help me out here. But uh, so something that I learned on my own journey mm-hmm. um, with mental health and, and fitness is that uh, 90% of our serotonin, which is our happy chemical, is mm-hmm. produced in the gut. And the gut is also called the second brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea behind treating mental health disorders through diet, and it's kind of an aerobatic uh, medicine idea, but I think it's it's becoming more westernized and, mm-hmm. and normalized here, um, is that if we feed our gut with good food, um, that helps that serotonin production. So so things that damage gut health are, are artificial sweeteners like xylitol and aspartamine and um, sucralose. And so if we cut those out of the diet, mm-hmm. and that helps. Um, but the idea is to get our gut bacteria, and we have we have billions of gut bacteria. So if we're feeding it good stuff, not processed sugars and artificial sweeteners, um, that helps those healthy gut bacteria and that helps serotonin production. Mm -hmm. So the idea is to treat mental health disorders, at least in my experience, um, through treating gut bacteria. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. How does that, and Chris, with, with different um, disorders, how does mm-hmm. that how does that play? Well, serotonin is a huge, huge component, especially when you're, we're talking about depression, mm-hmm. um, and whether your your brain has the ability to um, accept serotonin that's released or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's there's a there's a number of things going on when we're talking about exercise and nutrition. Um, the the biggest thing for me as a counselor for the last seven years, when I would talk to to people that came in that were suffering from depression and anxiety disorders, the number one thing that I recommended was that they get in the gym regularly. Um, endorphins. Yeah, it releases mm-hmm. endorphins, it, it, but it's also just a natural way to start working on goals. Mm. Um, when you do counseling with people and when you're talking about cognitive behavior therapy, you're trying to set goals that those those people can reach. Mm-hmm. Um, and one place where they can reach their goals um, and see results is in the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they know they feel better. They can see a difference in the mirror when they look in the mirror. Um, and that just helps with the entire process of, of healing um, from like a mental health standpoint. It's mm-hmm. funny because you can see that. the immediate effects of that Um, in the gym I I know with one of my students last week I had her um, lifting dumbbells and doing shoulder press and so I gave her 15 pound dumbbells you know that's Mm -hmm. not by any means um, heavy weight but she she told me I I can't do this I can't do this and I Mm -hmm. said yes you can I helped her up and the look on her face after pressing those for like 10 reps Mm -hmm. is like oh my god i i did that and that's a goal they they Mm -hmm. reached that goal right then and there it's it's pretty cool it's hard not to smile when you smile it is yeah this is more endorphins like yeah it's a good process yeah so speak to that a little bit shay like what does it look like for a student who has never really done um, a lot of physical activity Mm -hmm. like how do we slowly walk them into a healthy workout routine yeah uh, i think it starts with really basic stuff you know part of as for someone who's never worked out as far as weight training, mm-hmm. um, which is the the main thing that I have students do, you know, everyone can do cardio, but weight training really, um, you know, builds muscle, boosts your metabolism, has plenty of other um, positive effects on the mm-hmm. body. But we start with stabilizer muscles. So, you know, compound movements, working the little muscles. We're not here to be bodybuilders or pack yeah. on a bunch of muscles. So it's just getting the movements down in the form correct so that, you know, when they – 
do decide to fly on their own, they, they kind of have a, a good base. So it's really basic, basic movements, lots of compound movements, um, squats, deadlifts. Um, and then, and then we slowly put in, uh, more isolated exercises. To get a better idea of what the day-to-day -day student life looks like here at Integrated Interventions, feel free to follow us on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at Integrated Interventions, and you can also search for us on Facebook by just typing in Integrated Interventions. We'll have links to both our social media information and our contact information in the podcast show notes, so feel free to click the links to find out more about our program. just got done talking about health and wellness and what that looks like when students come into the program and kind of their journey uh, and how we as mentors and as I would say all of us regardless of our title are mentors here which is actually one of the cool things about this program is that um, no matter who you are you, you have this mentor role in these young adults lives in regards to um, different types of students coming in Chris um, I think that that Another interesting thing that we're bringing on, another piece of the vision is that idea to have, if a student does need a milieu, um, bringing that into play. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So it, in my talks with Terry early on, um, both of us came from a, a background of milieu setting type, type treatment. Mm -hmm. And we're a little bit averse to it, um, just based on... Um, the models that we've seen in the past where they're packing a ton of kids into a house with one or two staff, mm -hmm. chaos ensues, mm -hmm. um, the kids are there for a year, the program makes plenty of money, um, but we didn't see as much progress with the students. So so when we're coming up with this idea to open our own transition house here in, in the community, we really want to make sure that we continue to provide that one-on-one -on -one care for mm -hmm. students. Um, but we also want to give credence to the fact that some students really benefit from milieu therapy. They, they benefit by having peers around that can help keep them accountable. Mm -hmm. They benefit from the group therapy that can happen in that setting, um, as well as just knowing that there's round-the-clock support. Mm -hmm. um, I know that parents oftentimes look for that. We always have crisis response as around-the-clock as, as a feature of our program. Mm -hmm. um, but in, in this new transition house setting, we'll have you know staff on around the clock that can respond to anything that may be needed. Yeah. So one of the um, things that, I, another one of the things that I love about the program is where we are just as a program mm -hmm. in beautiful Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I mean, there's, and mm -hmm. in Post Falls and in Hayden, there's so many different um, opportunities for our young adults to build hobbies around this area. Yeah. Um, and it just happens to be that this new uh, milieu is going to be on a lake. It's I was out there the other day and just coming outside in the morning and seeing um, the, the fog over the lake and just how relaxing that is. Can you speak to what that does, like what the outdoors, kind of how that plays a role in our students? Yeah, absolutely. So so when, when you think of that concept of, of you know, group therapy, mm -hmm. um, and then you couple that with a beautiful setting, mm -hmm. um, you, you're really setting yourself up for some some meaningful mindfulness work that can happen with students. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've, I've been involved in different mindfulness therapies and, and techniques and trainings um, along with meditation, and the best place for that to happen is outdoors. The mm -hmm. best place for it to happen is in, in nature because mm -hmm. you can feel the wind on your skin. You it's can so hear grounding. the insects. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, you, become, you become a part of it, and, and that can really calm 
the central nervous system. Like it just calms everything down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great way to start your day. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes we got people, um, you know, they'll wake up and they're, you know, instantly hungry or whatever. And if we can take them and, and bring them into a place where they can wake up and feel calm and make sure their needs are met, uh, we can get a lot more done mm-hmm. from a therapeutic standpoint. Yeah. Um, in regards to being in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, um, can you speak to some of the outdoor-ish things if mm-hmm. people aren't aware with, uh, of the opportunities that are out here? Can you speak to some of the things that we, we have to offer in this area? Just, I mean, even that we personally do, like we love yeah. Tubbs Hill. We're a downtown yeah. family. Mm-hmm. And so like having Tubbs Hill right there, having right. all of the, you know, even just the, the small town that we live in. But yeah. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So so hiking is huge around here. Yeah. Like um, my family and I, we, we started doing hikes every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been doing that for the last year, year and a half now. Nice. And we'll visit different places around we don't ever have to drive more than half hour 45 minutes at most Mm -hmm. to get to some really beautiful hiking locations Mm -hmm. um but yeah with i mean we have tubbs hill we have uh english point within you know not too far Uh um hayden lake yeah mineral ridge beautiful hike up there and there's a hike behind mineral ridge that not a lot of people take that's it's a little more challenging but Mm -hmm. more beautiful views um so, so yeah, with the hiking and then, you know, there's, there's ski hills mm-hmm. uh, within all within an hour drive yeah. of where we're at, some within a half hour drive, mm-hmm. um, and, and some of them world-class skiing. So mm-hmm. skiing, snowboarding, snowshoeing, yeah. you know, cross-country skiing, you name it. Yeah, yeah. In, in the, so Shay is putting together this event that a lot of us are reluctantly um, getting into <laughs> called and it's in Spokane. It is uh, just maybe what 30, 20, 30 minutes away from here. It's about thirty. Yeah. It's called Bloom's Day. Can you speak a little bit about that? I, I, yeah, I, yeah you know. I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bloom's Day is a marathon that Spokane puts on every year, mm-hmm. um, and I could be getting this wrong, but I, I think about fifty thousand people show up. Mm. Um, that could be way off. That's mm-hmm. that's I'm just recalling from what I read last no, year. I'm pretty sure, yeah, between fifty and. It's like a city, like a city's worth of people. Um, It's huge. And it's not a full marathon. I I think it's, what, five to seven? It's Um, seven miles. Is it seven? 7.1, yeah. Chris runs it every year. Yep. (laughs) Um, But we are organizing a team run Mm -hmm. for this Bloomsday um, just to network and kind of get some of the students and the staff out and about doing healthy exercise. You don't have to run it. You can walk it. You can crawl it, I suppose, if you wanted to. Um, but it's more like a fun event rather than a push yourself to the max event. So, um, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be pretty, pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. This, this area, it's, it's so jam packed with those type of events. Mm-hmm. We have the Ironman that comes through here. We yeah. have every, during the Hayden Marathon. Hayden Marathon, Coeur d'Alene Marathon. Yeah. There's yeah. always and, stuff. And the other thing too is, you know, um, the staff we hire is very carefully selected. So, mm-hmm. you know, we we just hired somebody who's a, I would say, a semi-professional backpacker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's he he guides backpacking trips. We have yeah. another one who um, is a great skier and will be taking students on on routine ski trips this winter. Yeah. You know, so that's it's, we've got a good. We do. We yeah. Have a very wide range of of, of staff Diverse. on our team. Yeah. Well, cool. Guys, thanks for. I always say, guys, folk. What do you What do you say? Folk. Trying to be, trying to be like uh, <laughs> y'all. Y'all. I know I'm from Kentucky. Too. I say y'all. And then I didn't want to say y'all, but we're in North we're in North Idaho. Yeah. That's That's true. We, we say are. y'all in That's Wyoming. Yeah. Cool. Y'all. Thanks for uh, coming on the show with me today. Yeah. Thanks for, for. Thank you. 
the first episode. We want to do this pretty regularly, at least once or twice a month. Um, We're also going to be continuing to put out our newsletters. Uh, If you have not signed up for the newsletter, if you don't follow us on social media, make sure you look in the description of this podcast. All the information will be there. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks, Thank you. Absolutely. We'll talk to you guys next time.